Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Coast to Coast, Katie and the Fran Man, back again. Another weekly episode. Special pre-spring break edition for me. I can't say the same for Kyle, but I'll be in lovely Puerto Rico soon, so you probably won't get a podcast next week. So we'll try to make this one count, I think. All right, we might get extra strong. It must be nice. Well, I'm in California, so it's a kind of always spring break, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. Um, so I, <laughs> thought, I thought we'd start... I thought I'd just run a few things around the league by you, Kyle, before we get into our topics for the day. Um, and as our resident Celtics fan here, I couldn't help but notice another hilarious Kyrie quote. Uh, the man cannot seem to stop talking. And today, our reporter asked him, so Kyrie, what's your confidence level in this team going forward? Kyrie goes, what do you mean? What kind of question is that? Reporter goes, a legitimate question. Kyrie, nah, next question. Uh, so once again... Kyrie not addressing questions uh, surrounding his team very confidently. What any any takes on this? Uh, this is such an exhausting Celtic season. See, <laughs> just because like you see these questions coming, and you can almost be like, okay, like the right answer would be for him to say, "I still have a lot of confidence in this team. We mm-hmm. can beat anyone. We're a good team." But instead of that, he always just says the wrong things and you know tries to turn it into just like a much bigger deal and always acts annoyed when it's just so easy to say the right things and just give you know the bland um Mm. answer which is like it's uh, what i would call a 2k answer in the sense that yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say my career like there's right and wrong answers obviously to these questions and he always chooses to either get mad or just something. So what I would say is, I mean, this is just pretty on brand with the way he's been for the past couple of months. Um, I don't know if this team likes each other. I don't know if they're having fun playing basketball. Um, we are getting our ass kicked by everyone in the league at this point. It's not not looking too hot in the regular season. So I'm just waiting for the playoffs at this point. So, yeah, I think you might really be onto something with that 2K my player comparison. Because uh, I remember, I, I haven't had 2K in a while, but back in the day when I was playing, I think it was like 2K12, they would like, the reporter would ask you a question and then you could pick between like four different kinds of responses. So it didn't tell you what you were going to say. It was like, it's either like, I, I forget what it was, like aggressive, happy, like laid back or something. And then you'd pick laid back, and then all of a sudden your my player is like shitting on the whole organization. Yeah. It's like minus twenty team <laughs> yeah. unity, minus twenty. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I could I can only imagine that that's that's what's happening here. It must be some sort of situation like that. I can't think of another explanation for why he would so consistently uh, just not. I guess not talking shit about the team, but it's not anything positive. That's for sure. So. Uh, I don't know. He could use a little little coaching, you'd think. But I guess this also keeps him interesting. Uh, next thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, okay. At the beginning of the season, the whole Luka Doncic, Trey Young trade was widely viewed as an immense W for the Mavericks organization. Uh, Trey Young really struggled those first couple months. He was shooting under 30% from the three-point line, under 40% from the field. Uh, but as of late, the man has been absolutely tearing it up. He had back-to-back games over 35 points, made eight of 10 threes in one of the games, uh, looked outright Steph-like, if I, if I dare say so, and just kind of flashing the full repertoire. And it's not an isolated thing either. The past, like, 15, 20 games or so, he's been really lighting it up. Uh, do you think it's time to revisit our judgment of that trade? Yeah, um, I'll definitely say that I was team Trey Young as a bust coming in to him getting <laughs> drafted and everything like that just from what I saw. But I'll say that I'm a lot more encouraged by what I've been seeing lately. I still think his shot selection is questionable to say the least, especially with <laughs> these deep threes. But his passing is definitely undeniable and the way that he sees the floor and everything like that. Uh, I think between him and... Uh, John Collins, you know, the Hawks have a pretty good young core, maybe Zion on the f- horizon too. So, yeah, I think it, Hawks fans, you know, you have something to look forward to. It's a little showtimey the way that Trey Young just be let, lets them fly. And uh, they have another pick, the Mavs pick, which, you know, could be something kind of special. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see see what things turn into. I mean, Luke is a transcendent. Yeah, that, that's talent, what I was going to say. Which is like, so Trey Young can be good and like, you know, even above average 
great, maybe, but the way Luke is looking, it just may always be just like a shadow casted over his bald spot. Right. Yeah, it translated in his right word there because Trey Young has been really good, but I mean, Luca has just, he's looked every bit the part of a, a generational franchise player. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I guess it's really one of those things you're going to have to wait and see what that draft pick turns into. But I mean, look, if you, I'm just looking at the kind of draft order as it stands right now. Atlanta is in line for the fifth pick right now. It looks like they'll stick around there on the fifth or sixth pick. Uh, I don't see them being worse in Chicago. And then the Dallas pick is going to be ninth. So you're looking at this young core, Trey Young, like you said, who is averaging averaging nearly 18 points a game, 7.7 assists. Uh, the percentages aren't pretty, but they're improving. And like you said, John Collin averaging damn near 20 and 10. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pr- pretty absurd. And then you have Kevin Herter, my guy from Maryland. Uh, I don't know how good he'll be, but he's, he's something of value. And then you throw two lottery picks in there. Who knows, man? They, they could be doing real, real well in a couple of years. You really brought Kevin Herter into this discussion? <laughs> Kevin Herter is averaging <laughs> nine points a game, okay? Look, I had to. Maryland had pride. To. All right, relax. For one, for okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say Maryland pride, and then I was going to make a parallel – this thing of white pride, but I don't think that, <laughs> I think that comes with certain connotations. Yeah, not, not, not in this climate, Alexander. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that's all I had for you around the league. Um, any, any other thoughts you want to jump on before we move on? Um, none particular. Lakers are, you know, Lakers, kind of funny. It's funny to watch them from afar, like kind of struggle. It's my, my take. It'd be a little funny if they didn't make the playoffs. I think they will. But I think easily the funniest thing was this video that came out of Two Chains and LeBron in the studio together. <laughs> <laughs> Two Chains like playing him. The, I guess it was one of the songs off his new album that's coming out, and LeBron is like furiously taking notes over there, like <laughs> like nodding his head. He's like deep in thought. And then two things that are funny that happened. First of all, Two Chains asks LeBron. He's like. So, like, what, what, do, what do you think of that? And it's not just, like, a casual. Like, he's looking for, like, creative input, which is just hilarious because what – unless LeBron has some hidden rapping talent I didn't know about. I don't, I don't see how he has relevance here. But then LeBron is, like, <laughs> giving him advice. He's like, yeah, I think right here is when you want to put in a few extra bars or something. He's like, bro, what? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You have a game tomorrow. Literally he had a game the next day that he missed. So, it's – I don't know. Not looking, not not a great image from LeBron these days, but I certainly don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah, uh, that's all I really got. Oh, um, oh, one more thing: Dwayne Wade, buzzer beater over the Warriors. Always a great night when the Warriors lose. Love to see it. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's a Dwayne Wade retirement tour. This is a pretty pretty necessary highlight of it. I feel like we didn't have one quite as good as this to send them off with. So definitely oh, actually, actually this this is actually the last thing because i just saw it a second ago uh dirk Nowitzki like saying in a, a little bit of an interview that he wants to be here for one more year to help the young guys just like no, transition no, a little no. bit better and it's just funny that like this whole season like dirk never said he was going to retire in the entire league he's just been like <laughs> pushing him out the door in a sense like with his whole retirement tour it's just pretty hilarious that he's been pretty well, consistent saying like yeah i might play some more guys relax <laughs> meanwhile he's literally just getting kicked out the door all right and it's like it's not like i don't even think the league is like i don't think they're being dicks about it it's just really they're just using the visual evidence they have i mean if you watched dirk run up and down the basketball court he's hitting like a a light jog at best and it looks painful from three-point line to three-point line and hey, he 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 splashes it sometimes, but I, I would just worry for him, honestly. If he can carve out a little, like, James Jones, like, end of the bench role, that's fine. But for his, for his safety and the safety values around him, I don't think we want him out there playing significant minutes for any extended period of time next year. Oh, he's definitely washed. I'm pretty sure his season high this season is, like, 15 points. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just your time, Dirk. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, what we got next? You want to here? I, I feel let's let's discuss this for a little bit at least. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week. Zion Williamson was injured in the Duke Carolina game, 
And of course, there's all this hubbub about whether he should finish out the season, whether he should just stop and preserve his NBA stock. Um, it's kind of brought brought to attention this whole issue of whether it actually makes any sense to send these kids to college for one year when we all know they're going pro after that. So I was just wondering what what you think. What, how should Zion have handled the situation? Are you an advocate of the sit it out strategy, or do you think he should play out the season with Duke? I respect whatever one he chooses in a sense. Like I would completely understand if he was like, I'm not risking all the money I'm about to make for this organization, the NCAA or, you know, Duke or whatever, just to, you know, play in the national championship game. I wouldn't bat an eyelash. I'd be like, all right, makes sense to me. But at the same time, if he like was like, yeah, I still want to play. I, made a commitment to my team like especially if he has like a good relationship with his teammates and everything you know it might just be not something that he wants to do in the sense of sitting out and i mean what some people would say abandoning his team um right that's like kind of charles barkley thing if you saying he's like look like we're basketball players this is what we do this is what we love and you kids i don't know it's it's easier for us to sit here and be like all right zion sit it out like preserve your draft draft stock it's i think it's more than that to him i mean I, I obviously have no idea what i'm talking about but i don't know just just the way he plays it seems like a, a passion thing for him it's not just a an excuse to make money right it's it's something he truly cares about so i think that's an aspect that's kind of been missed in the whole discussion yeah definitely especially with the duke team like they have to believe that they have a good chance to win the uh ncaa tournament so I mean, just pretty much for that alone, you got to have some sense of like, nah, I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish what we started, I would think. That's probably how I would feel if I were Zion Williamson. Yeah, not, exactly. But... And just unrelated note, thank Christ he's okay. How yeah. tragic would that have been for him to have some like terrible knee injury or something? I mean, I was, I actually, I turned on that game and as soon as I turned it on, he injured himself. Uh-huh. And I was like, well. All right, I'll just go watch Netflix or something because it's really that that is that guy, and he's gonna be that dude in the NBA for a while if if he keeps up what he's been doing in college. So I don't know. Good good looks, basketball gods. That that one would really hurt. The funniest part really was that people were panicking to Nike and blaming Nike in a sense of like, wow, this doesn't look good for Nike, right? Like the optics on this man. What's Nike gonna do after this? <laughs> What's Nike going to do? Nike, like, their stock dropped 1% and everything. It was, like, ridiculous the way that people were looking at this. Like, yeah, sorry, his flimsy little Paul George shoes couldn't, you know, support this 285 player that cuts like a guard. Honestly, he's going to need his own custom shoe uh, deal as soon as possible. If only because I really don't think there's a basketball shoe on the market that is equipped to handle the stress that he is putting on. Oh, yeah, not <laughs> Those at all. sneakers. Do you need to like take the technology from like the exterior and like ankle area of Tim's and somehow put that into like <laughs> some hyperdunks or something? I I don't see how they how they just rock with these Kobe and Paul George and LeBron models. Yeah, not not the slightest. If I was him, I would pretty much only wear LeBrons. I don't know if you've ever actually worn them, but that's actually a heavier shoe oh, really? in itself. Yeah, LeBrons are a pretty stocky shoe in general. There's a lot of yeah. So he's keep, keep him away from Adidas. That that's all I can say. Yeah, right. Stay far away, Zion. But uh, yeah. All right. Thank good. Good looks to Zion for being okay. Hopefully, come back and plays. I want them to win the championship. That would be exciting. Yeah. So ha, let's. Next thing I was thinking, you want to pick out finals predictions uh, at this point in the season? I mean, it looks like we've got what, like a quarter of the season left, something like that. So it seems like a good time to revisit it. Uh, yeah, so who you got coming out of the East at this point? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to hear how you justify the Celtics some, somehow doing this. No, see, I justify the Celtics because I think the matchups – and I'm just breaking down. So the first round, it's looking like the Celtics have a really good chance of playing the Pacers as the four or five seed. I mean, the Pacers are the three seed right now. You, they're a half game up above the Sixers. I imagine the Sixers are going to vault over them by the end of the season and that the Pacers mm-hmm. end up the four or five seed, which is pretty much like locked in. The Nets aren't mm-hmm. catching up. So three through five is pretty much what the Sixers and Pacers and Celtics are shuffling in between. So 
if that does happen, I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked wouldn't even be the word. I would, <laughs> if, I would fall into a pit of depression if the Pacers beat the Celtics in a seven-game series uh, in the first round. So I would like to think we would be able to beat the Pacers, honestly, in four games because talent wins in the playoffs. And I, no disrespect to Nate McMillan or the Pacers. They've done a great job without Oladipo um, in his injury. But, all right, come on, guys. We're, we're going to play playoff basketball now. <laughs> in some ways, it would be the perfect ending to this whole Celtic season if y'all lost to the Pacers in six. Honestly. So, <laughs> we go to that. And if that happens, then on the other side of the bracket, we'll, would, you would likely see the Sixers versus the Raptors in the semi-conference finals. And honestly, if I was going to bet, I think I might take the Sixers in a seven-game series over the Raptors. I know the Sixers like haven't really done too well against the top um, teams in the conference, but I don't think that anyone that the Raptors really have the answers for Joel Embiid. I mean, Marcus Saul is a good body to throw at him, but I just think in general the matchups that they have in terms of Ben Simmons, they can put Tobias Harris on Pascal Siakam, and that would help. I think it'll. That that could shake up in the sense that the Sixers end up going to the Eastern Conference Finals instead of the Raptors, and then it's pretty much just on us to top the uh, Bucks, which we match up really well against, and we played really well this season. Even missing like our backup center Aaron Baines and having injuries, like we have played inspired enough basketball for me to believe that we would be able to beat the Bucks and game plan them out of a series. I think they're a sneaky one in the playoffs in the sense that they can get whooped and not even realize it it's like Giannis and the pips when it really boils down to it <laughs> you, Chris Milton this Chris Milton that I'm not afraid of Chris Milton in the series he plays well against the Celtics but if he kills us he kills us he killed y'all last year I was gonna say yeah but we didn't have Kyrie and as we Kyrie in the playoffs is a different animal and then if we're playing the Sixers we're winning. We're beating the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers have maybe, I think we're like 15 and 17 in our last 17 games against the Sixers or something honestly ridiculous. Um, like yeah, that. Y- y'all own them. So we have their number. So honestly, just because the way that the matchups have fallen, I think that there's a path for us to get to the finals. And I think that logically it's going to be, yeah, Milwaukee one, Raptors two. Uh, Philly three, Indiana four, Boston five, and then we just pretty much play the teams in front of us, and we match up well. I think if we end up playing the Raptors, though, we're getting bounced. From what I saw in our last yeah, I game, agree. I saw nothing <laughs> inspiring for how we matched up well against them. They play with so much cohesion, and they're such a deep team. They'd be tough to beat. So I, I picked the Celtics coming out of the East. I actually believe it, not even just putting on my green goggles. It has a little path for us to get there. Hmm. Interesting. And then what about the West? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really in all good faith going to bet against the Warriors. They would still be my pick to come out of the yeah. West. But if I had to pick one team to, um, to beat them, one team beats them, I would say that it's OKC. And I'd like to see if uh, well, what your team would be to uh, if a team dethrones the Warriors, who would it be? Uh, I I think at this point I would agree with you that the Thunder are the best bet. I mean, the Nuggets have been incredible, but I just I just don't think that's star power for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. I think in some ways the Warriors are a lot safer than they were last year, uh, even though the West is probably a little tougher uh, team for team this year. There's just not – the Rockets last year were really good, right? That was like a very plausible contender against the Warriors. And this year it's just kind of just like a – just a tier below that, I think. I, I would agree that Thunder are the best possible alternative. I think what you really have to note is that Thunder really do not fear the Warriors in the slightest. Uh, Paul George and Westbrook are not going to be intimidated by that. Yeah. So I agree. But at the same time, I'd be surprised if the Warriors didn't beat the Thunder in six, uh, to be honest. You know what? I would like to pivot, actually. Now that I actually just thought about it, I'm like, I visualized it in my head. Uh, Give me OKC in seven, and I'm predicting an OKC Celtics finals. 
Wow, that is interesting. Please, like, please explain the pivot. You cannot can't just make a bold prediction like that. Because I'm trying, I'm like up. really thinking about like there's the smothering, which is absolutely smothering defense that um, OKC has had. They have Paul George playing at an MVP level and honestly playing better than on both ends of the floor than Kevin Durant did, I think, at any point during his OKC tenure. Um, and then if Russell Westbrook. God, huge if. If he can give them anything in terms of his jump shot, that would be huge for them. They have Jerry and Grant playing well. They have Steven Adams who can match up with DeMarcus Cousins and at least slow him down with, you know, he's not the same player that he was coming off his Achilles injury. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, we'd like to see Andre Roberson back just for defense. I don't even know if he'll be back this season. I'm not sure really what's up with his injury. It seems to be having a setback after setback, but you're, you're forgetting the X Factor. Well, what's the X Factor here? Markeith Morris. And new a, signing. A good pickup for them, I think. <laughs> I, I haven't really seen how he's fit with them, but I would imagine if he's anything like his brother, you know, it's a good pickup. Uh, so I, I, think it, I, I think if the, the Thunder turn it into a dogfight, which I imagine they would, at the very least, it's going to seven. That's my take. I, I suppose, but here's the thing. I kind of I think that this Thunder team, as good as they are, is still not as good as the Thunder team that took the Warriors to, to seven in those Western Conference Finals in 2016. Mm-hmm. And if that team couldn't beat those Warriors, I don't see why this team would beat the Warriors plus Kevin Durant. I mean, I know the depth is a little different. I know Draymond might not be the shooter he was back then. But I I don't know, man. You just, you just have four All-Stars out there in the – and the Thunder have two. And it's unfortunate that that's what the logic comes to, but that's just what it's been the past two years. And I don't see why it'd be different. But, you know, with Paul George playing on this level, it's who's to say? Because you're right. I As good as Kevin Durant has been, like this stretch of Paul George has been better, I think, than what Kevin Durant provided um, in that in that Warrior series way back when. So who knows? I would, I would love to see it. So I don't see it happening, but... I'm certainly in favor of it. That's my take. Fair enough. All right, for me, uh, I'll start in the East. Oh, I forgot to ask you, so who's winning the finals? If you got Celtics Thunder. Uh, we match up really well with the Thunder, so the Celtics are winning the championship. Interesting. How convenient how you match up so well with everyone we've, <laughs> we've talked about so far. <laughs> no, we actually do have OKC's number for the past couple of years. Hey, I think they're afraid of us. I mean, Paul George wasn't exactly on the same level the last time we played them, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. I like our chances. All right, fair enough. So I'll just go through the East real quick. So I, I we're gonna end up with some conference uh, semifinals: so Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Raptors. I, I I'm a little befuddled by what to make of this Celtics Bucks situation because I I don't know I I kind of agree with you in that you guys feel very equipped to deal with Giannis if any team is going to. But th- this team is just something different this year. I mean, I think Chris Middleton is even better than he was past seasons. Bledsoe has been on a different level. They are a lot deeper than they were. Their approach is a lot more sound. And honestly, with the kind of peripheral stats they have, they're statistically like one of the best teams of the past uh, decade or so, if you, if you kind of dig into it, which is, which is weird to think about when you have Chris Middleton as your second best player. But I think I'm taking the Bucks in seven over y'all. And then I have Raptors over Sixers, like you did. And then I'm, I'm just going to have to go with the Raptors. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't say I have the best justification. I think it would be a really tight series between the Bucks and Raptors. But I think Kawhi's been there, which counts for something. I think they have a little bit more depth than uh, the Bucks do. So that's who I see coming out of the East. And then I would entertain the idea of the Thunder challenging the Warriors, but I don't think it'd be anything more than that. I think it'd be a challenge. And then I got Raptors, Warriors in the finals. And honestly, the Warriors would win, but I think it'd be in seven. I would take Warriors over Raptors in seven. Uh, what has happened in the Warriors, Raptors? Have they like played yet? Because this is the... I think... I, th- I think they, they did. Did the, didn't the Raptors win? Oh, the Raptors win both times? They already played them twice? Interesting. Oh uh, yeah, it looks like, and the Raptors took both of those. I think in one of them there were some injuries that kind of changed it. Um, I think Curry might have been out for the second game. 
Oh, I remember that overtime game. Like Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard both hit like crazy threes. Good times. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if no, nah, it's, it's gonna be nice to have a playoffs where it's not. First of all, where it's not the Cavs coming out of the East, which thank God. I mean, it was. I don't know. It was just tough last year because you just knew they were gonna get waxed by the Warriors. Yeah. And I don't know. This this Raptors team could be a little something. They're they're really deep, and that addition of Marcus All. I kind of see them pulling that out in the playoffs to great effect. Yeah, it could be good. Can't say I agree with the Bucks beating the Celtics, so I may have to stop you right there. <laughs> but uh, no, with the I, I think that if it's Warriors Raptors, I think the Raptors get steamrolled. <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, we really it is the it is the Warriors title until proven otherwise. So that is certainly fair. Um, all right. I mean, we talk about this season. What about Let's do this. What about three seasons from now? Who do you see being at the? Who do you see running each conference, respectively, or at least who are your contenders to do so? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say that three years from now, we're looking at the Kings as one of the best teams in the league. Mm, that's what I was going to say. With you know, they got the young core of Fox, Bagley, um, Heald. You know, they have other guys like Bogdan, Young Face. They have another. Well, we actually have their pick this year. But, you know, they're just going to continue to build, I think. And they have cap space. A lot of their guys are coming off the books um, at the end of this season, I want to say, so that they'll have the opportunity to sign some guy that wants to, like, really be the man on this young team. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty inspired because right now the Kings are – they have, like, the second lowest payroll in the entire NBA, and they're performing at a pretty high level. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Big, big fan of what they got going on over there. Or, but the uh, Clippers, I would say, is my second team. Um, there's been a lot of talk of them potentially signing like Kawhi Leonard in the off season, and even without that, they have a bunch of assets that, ever since picking up Jerry West, they seem to have been making a bunch of good moves <laughs> in, uh, you know, clearing out the older players that are eating up cap space and looking to stockpile assets to make a move get young players and draft up so looks like jerry west is just uh building up the warriors again uh just like he did with you know the actual warriors yeah those those are two great picks uh the only apprehension i have about the kings is that i i'm re- not sure if they've literally ever attracted a major free agent there and that kind of seems i mean i don't know unless they strike gold in the draft somehow that's how they would have to make this kind of final leap because as good as their young core is, I don't know if it's good enough right now to be the best in the conference mm. off years down the line. But but I agree with you. That that team's going to be really good in a few years. And honestly, it's like, it's just bizarre, man. It's like, if you had told me last year that I would be having this conversation of predicting the Kings to be one of the best Western Conference teams in the near future, I would have thought I was out of my damn mind, man. This is props to them. Because that, that place is just a... A real shithole of mediocrity for for many 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 years. As I'm oh, sure, yeah. Fans you look are at like uh, preseason projections. People had them like where the Suns are right now. Yeah, I, well, we're not talking about the Suns, but holy, yeah. Sh- I've, I've already cursed too many times, but <laughs> that team is so bad, and it's it's like a special kind of bad. Cause they, I feel like they have the players to be not 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 a contender by any means, but at least at the Grizzlies range the pelicans range of win total and instead they're at 12 and 50 yeah it, it is just absurd <laughs> i i i'm, I'm kind of worried about deandre ayton man the, the guy just seems to be getting more depressed by the day i i watched a couple suns games for some some reason oh i'm sorry they it's they freeze him out i don't i don't know if he did something to like Devin Booker's girlfriend or something, but he just does not get touches, and it's ridiculous because he's so efficient too. So <laughs> I love I'm that. Just... That's always the new go-to. Like, damn, <laughs> Andre Aiden. Yeah, he must have <laughs> messed with Devin Booker's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, let's, I'm not. They don't bother to be. They're not worth being talked about that long. So I'm fine. Yeah, I was gonna say the Clippers as well. Uh, the Jerry West touch is in full effect there. They are just absolutely stockpiling assets. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that'll look like yet if Kawhi goes there, which seems at least like a distinct possibility. That would obviously change things pretty much immediately. But but I'm going to throw out another team. Despite what, what is going on right now, 
I think the Lakers could be sitting very pretty three years from now. That would be the third year of LeBron's contract or fourth year, depending how you want to do the math. Um, I, I just have to assume that they'll have gotten the second star by then. I don't know who it'll be, whether it's, I don't think it'll be Kawhi, but Kawhi, Anthony Davis, just, just someone. I think they're going to have some of those young dudes around, around them develop too. Uh, if Lonzo's still on the team, I think he'll be kind of fully formed as, as a sort of like ultimate team player. Uh, Luke Walton will also probably be gone by that point. So yeah, definitely theoretically an improvement there. And I don't know. I, I could just see them uh, contending once once this whole Warriors reign ends, if it if it does, if KD leaves this summer. Yeah. Um, see, it just kind of depends on what kind of second star you get. Because you're talking Anthony Davis, Kawhi, or are you talking like getting Kemba, Kemba Walker? Right. Yeah. Because yeah, right, right. <laughs> there's different levels and like heights that you can get there. Like they can get a star, I imagine, but it's this that tier, especially three years from now. Um, Alexander, that's like what a thirty-eight-year-old LeBron James, thirty-seven, <laughs> yes. and going on thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how it, much realistically does LeBron have left in the tank at thirty-eight years old? You—that's that's kind of a fun thinking game too. I mean, what, what what do you think? What line do you think he's putting up that season? <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to pull it up really quick. I, I know roughly what are, but I want to see what his exact stat line is. Right. Uh, I guess see like what kind of projected drop off. So this season, he's averaging 27 points, uh, about nine almost. rebounds, and almost eight assists. Yeah, which is crazy. So, what what do you think in three years' time? Twenty one. Six and six, maybe. Oh uh, that... yeah, no, yeah. I was gonna get something like twenty-five and five. Yeah, that's I'm pretty much going back to his rookie season, which is wild. Yeah, so, I mean, crazy. I'm just looking at it's. I, I pulled up five thirty-eight has these like Carmelo. That's like the name of the thing. It's like they're Carmelo player projections, and they kind of like get comparable players. And see how they declined, and then kind of map out how they think other players will do. Mm-hmm. And it it would be a decline. I mean, they have LeBron worth, I think it's thirteen wins above replacement right now, and they predict him he'd be sitting at like eight point two. Uh, which I mean, that's I don't really. It's hard to like put that in like tangible terms, but I don't know. I I, I think he'll be he'll. He'll be like an ordinary star, I think, is, is, a, is a fair way to put it. So um, at 37, 38-year-olds, LeBron is still a top what player in the NBA? 20, I think. Top 20. I would say, I'd take that. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But, but yeah, uh, let's, let's go over to the East. Who do you think is going to be doing well three years from now out there? Uh, it's very tricky, I'd say. I was really trying to, like, map this out because I'd say a lot is dependent on the playoffs right now and this off season. Cause uh-huh. you look at, you know, the Celtics with Kyrie situation, he's a free agent. He could leave. You have the Sixers who have Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, both on expiring contracts. They could both leave. You have Kawhi Leonard for the Raptors. He could leave. And if he leaves the Raptors, they're in big trouble. They're, right. Then they are pretty much falling off a cliff. <laughs> Um, I, if I were to just, you know, really take a guess, I'm saying the Sixers are able to maintain, um, their level up top just because of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They're, they're just going to continue to get better um, in in that sense. I, I wouldn't be surprised throwing this out there if the Nets were able to land somebody good, Mm -hmm. um, and then get like a real star to pair around these like the, the the team that they have right now, because you have D'Angelo Russell, who's just an all-star. They have a good team, good young team around them, but they don't have a superstar. And if you're looking to go to a apparently functional organization in New York, you should go <laughs> to the Nets instead of the Knicks, I would say. Uh, so they can pick up somebody. And, you know, I got to say the Celtics, just based off our young talent. And even if Kyrie leaves, we're still left with a lot of, you know, really strong players under 26 years old. Right, right. And, yeah, you're talking about a star player. I mean, think back when Jimmy Butler was requesting his trade out of Minnesota. 
the Nets were one of the teams he said he wanted to be traded to. And I mean, incoming free agent, who knows? I don't know how good that would be for them long term, but uh, I think I think it's pretty likely. You're right that in the next three years they'll they'll add someone a pretty major caliber through free agency. They're they're doing everything right, player de- developmentally, um, and you kind of get that New York spotlight without being saddled by a horrendous <laughs> organizational <laughs> infrastructure. Yeah. So yeah, if you had to pick like one of those teams, who who do you think you would go with? Um, I'm putting my money on the Celtics to run the East because I anticipate Kyrie resigning and whether or not we get Anthony Davis or not, I think they will make someone like I have in Denny. I trust. So yeah, I think he'll just be able to continue to make the right moves, which he's been doing for like at least a decade now and just putting the right pieces in. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Just continually continue to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Because the thing about the Celtics is that even if they do lose Kyrie, I, I certainly don't think that's like that. That doesn't hamstring you in the way that losing Kawhi on the Raptors would, right? Like you guys have a lot of resources still. You have a lot of young players. I think you'd make it work. I, I agree with you. I I was going to highlight the Nets as well. Um, I it is really kind of contingent on them acquiring this other star because they don't quite have that right now. They have a bunch of like B plus guys. I would say B to B plus dudes. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that A or A plus guy that you really need. And honestly, I, as good as the Bucks are this season, I, in some ways, I wonder if this is as good as it gets. Um, because Giannis is obviously just is pretty young, going to get better, which is hard to conceive of. <laughs> um, but the core around him is not exactly sprightly. You know what I mean? At, at least like the, the really important members of it. I mean, you got. Eric Bledsoe, who is certainly in his prime, if not exiting it. Uh, Chris Middleton is Chris Middleton is one of those guys who's like I think he's only I don't look up his age. He looks like he's like thirty three. <laughs> I but... think that's about right. No, 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 no. He is twenty seven. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Weird, right? That is like one of the all time. Whoa! I didn't. <laughs> you you look pretty bad for that age, man. <laughs> Players in NBA, but at the same time. Chris, I think that it's kind of an issue with Chris Milton being selected an all-star or whatnot, because I think he opts, because he's a player option at the end of the season. I think he opts out of that contract, because he's only getting paid $13 million. Um, and uh-huh. then the Bucks may have be in some trouble in terms of re-signing him for a large contract, which would be a mistake. Yeah. And then, uh, the so the Hawks, we talked about, I don't think they'll be running things in the East in three years, but I think they'll be they'll be pretty good. I think by then. Um, yeah, it's tough to imagine the Hawks running is, anything at this point. The, well, it's just also funny because Trey Young is really the all-time like Steph. Kind of looked like a yeah, a slight figure out there his rookie year. He kind of looked like a kid. Trey Young really looks like <laughs> a kid out there, which is funny because <laughs> you couple it with like his kind of balding hairstyle thing he's got going on. It's just a it's an odd sight out yeah, there. Yeah, it's but... where you can, like, see his hair falling out in the middle of games. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to knock him because hair loss is one of my worst personal fears. So <laughs> I'm not, not going to... You can probably get a, a clean, in, like, endorsement from uh, Rogaine. Probably that'd be Dude. a great pairing. Do you know how much shit other players are going to talk to you if you're sponsored by <laughs> Rogaine? Come on, man. You can't, I don't know. You can't be doing Shaq, that. out here in like Toyota Camrys and talking about Gold Bond and yeah, you know, he's retired. He's safe. That's 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 why he's doing it. <laughs> hey, anything, I think Ben Wallace would have been in his ear about that. <laughs> it was happening while they're playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then but I was in, for my ultimate team that I think will actually be running things. I got the Sixers. Um, what I think happens is Jimmy Butler leaves this offseason. I, I know they're going to try to resign him, but I just I don't think it's the cleanest fit. I think he wants to go somewhere else probably long term. Mm. And then Joel Embiid could just very well be one of the top five best players in the league by that point. I mean, he's already top 10, top 12 at this point. Uh, he's still quite young. A lot of growing for him to do. And then Ben Simmons is just going to be better too. I, it's hard projecting him because the dude really cannot shoot. Uh, but yeah. shout out him. He took a three this week. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he's, I think, taking three this season. So, I mean, who knows? If he's taking them this season, he might make one next season. 
hopefully he's making like 20% season after that. Who knows? Maybe we're looking at 30% Ben Simmons three years from now. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just think they have the best. They have the best hat talent lockdown that, that we're going to see in the Eastern Conference three years from now. So that's up my money on. Okay. And I, uh, all right. Yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps that up. Surprise segment. We were talking about Bryce Harper um, at the oh. beginning before we started signing a 13 year contract. So if you could sign anyone, super short segment in the league to a 13 year contract right now, who is it? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, how old is how old is Giannis? Um, I want to say Giannis is twenty four or twenty two. He's twenty four. Twenty four. So he'd be locked up till he was age thirty seven. I is it excessive to say Luca? I mean, the dude is only twenty. He'd be thirty three. That that's still arguably your prime in this day and age. I mean, yeah, that kind of seems like the best value. I don't know. What, what was your choice? Um, I pivot even farther and I take Zion. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that is very bold. <laughs> Going all in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, I wonder what Zion's going to be like when he's 37. I mean, hey, I don't know. That Zion's what, like 18 right now? Uh, yeah. So that's I wonder how, I wonder how year that... old Zion. Come on. Uh, yeah, but I, that's true. Actually, he'd be 31. He wouldn't even be that old. Yeah, you just wonder what 285 starts to feel like when you when you get creaky knees and all that. But yeah, that's a, that's a good bet as well. I uh, kind of so let's move into the next one. It's kind of related. There was a thing going around Twitter earlier in the week. I don't know if any of y'all saw it, but basically the task was a picture of top 10 players under age 25, and you got to pick two of them to start your franchise going forward. So real quickly, it's Giannis, Devin Booker, Luca. Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Carl Anthony Towns. Let's let's go ahead and do this right here, right now. Who you got? You got to pick two of them going forward to lead the Kyle All-Stars over the next 15, 20 years. Who are you picking? Yeah, absolutely. So, this was tough. This was a tough one, I must say. I mean, and not even just because I'm a huge-ass homer and uh, I was really trying to figure out a way to justify picking <laughs> Jason Tatum, but that just didn't make sense. So, yeah. uh, Giannis, obviously a pick that has to be up there. And then for my second pick on the Taylor All-Star team, I'm going to have to snatch up Nikola Jokic. Oh, sneaky pick. I like it. Can you Can you give a little justification? Yeah, definitely. So Nikola Jokic has basically re- like totally re-energized the, uh, the, the, the Nuggets basketball season and did a complete pivot. I mean, he's averaging, what, like 20 points a game, uh, shooting like th- uh, over 30%. He's a 35% career three-point shooter, 50% from the field. And the vision that this guy has, like if you have Unreal. any serviceable players on your team, he's going to get them open shots. And which is why the Nuggets have had so much success because of their three-point shooting. If you have a player like Giannis, who, like, let's say you have Nikola Jokic in the post and he's backing down whatever poor hapless center he that has to guard him. <laughs> you have, like, Giannis coming in for a cut or anything. His defender takes his eye off him for a second. Jokic will find him. And I think that would just be, like, kind of the perfect two-man game to pair with a player like Giannis, like a stretch for who is also just crafty in that way that he can go out and get his own offense, but he is an offense facilitating for his own, which I think would be perfect for Giannis because his point guard option is Eric Bledsoe, and that's not what you would love to see. (laughs) So do you worry at all about – I mean, yeah, Jokic can step out there. Giannis has not quite demonstrated the ability to do that, but maybe eventually, I mean, he's at least shooting him. They kind of like to occupy some of the same spots on the court. You worry about that at all, or you just kind of think the – the passing makes up for it. Yeah, I think the playmaking is going to win out overall because Giannis is obviously can make make his own plays and set yeah. up his other team. That's pretty much both of their responsibilities on the job. Um, yeah, on on their teams, you know, they get double teams so often that they have to make the open pass, and both of them has shown that they're able to do that with ease. So having both of them on the same team, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking us all the way. I think we're winning the chip year one. <laughs> 
So does that mean that you're taking Jokic over Embiid head to head? Um, yeah, because I think you have an easier time if Embiid is double teamed. He doesn't have that same kind of playmaking ability. I, I, I mean, right. I think I have a very different view of Joel Embiid. Like you know, everyone else calling this transcendent talent. Whenever the Celtics play the Sixers, <laughs> they look like a rec league team. So my view of Joel Embiid is a little bit different. Um, right. But yeah, I have, I have a ton ton of respect for Jokic's game and I just whenever I tune into their games he puts up like 35 15 with like 12 assists and you know just lead this team like remember that 35 point like triple double where you like didn't miss yeah well what's funny about him is when you'll go back and watch the highlights of a game where he puts up these crazy triple doubles I don't think he gets more than like a foot off the ground ever it, it's pretty incredible I don't know how he does it. I've never seen someone with that lack of athleticism dominate games so thoroughly. Uh, so you kind of love to see it, honestly. Yeah, um, so that's, that's my squad. Who you got? I think Giannis is the no-brainer here. Yeah, yeah Like, like you off. took him. I, yeah, I mean, he could very well be MVP this season. And it's just, just a ridiculous talent. So that, that's my cornerstone for sure. I'm, I'm going to go with a different white guy. I'm going to go with Luka Doncic, actually, here. Um, All right. I, I, I'm gonna go pick him for some of the same reasons you picked Jokic in the sense that he doesn't, he can, he can impact the game without scoring necessarily. He's a great passer. He has a great feel. He can kind of be off ball if you need him to do that. And it's a little tricky because we don't quite know. I think Jokic is a little bit more established, but I don't think it's crazy to say that in six years, Doncic is one of the best five players in the league. Um, so. I, f- I find that pairing pretty pretty compatible, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. Luca has MVP potential, no question about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a funny – it's kind of funny looking down at it, though, because then you look at someone like – I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns is just not even being considered here, and the man has been absolutely turning up. And I think part of it is because it feels like he's been in the league for so long. I, like, it's hard to believe he's even – fits under this category of being uh, under 25, and we're totally ignoring him. But that just kind of goes to show you how good everyone else is right now. NBA's in a great spot, man. Oh, yeah. They're very set for the future with, like, young guys like this. I just find it funny. Devin Booker scored 70 points, and it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Was that against the the Celtics? So, uh, next segment, question mark. Just kidding. Uh, I think that's all of it, right? <laughs> hey, we didn't have Avery Bradley. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's all of it. Oh, I just wanted to go um, just notable people that were completely left off the 25 under 25. Oh, yeah. uh, Brennan Ingram and Miles Turner. Man. It's kind of interesting. Man, I get him out of here. I mean, I'm, I'm not Brandon Ingram, my most improved player pick. Not even my the the biggest supporter really, but his like at least his last ten games he's averaging twenty one on fifty one percent shooting, and you know he when all the other Lakers players looked just completely disheartened and bitched out that they were about to get traded, mm-hmm. Ingram seems to be playing hard. And like I was watching the Grizzlies game the other day, and uh, he hit like a super clutch bucket, just taking it to the rim. So he's coming along nicely. Like I'm not the biggest Ingram supporter, but. I'm uh, starting to respect his game, which I could not say a couple weeks ago. Fair enough. How, how are you feeling about Jason Tatum these days? Got to do a check-in. Is he, is he progressing the way you want him to? I would like – I think people need to kind of relax on Jason Tatum. <laughs> I kind of like, agree. Like, for him to be at number eight on this 25 under 25, like, he does not put up numbers that are as good as a lot of these other players. I think he his potential is – a lot higher than these other players, but can we at least let him get there, ladies and gentlemen? He's averaging like 16 points a game, right. and his shooting is okay. It's like really okay. Right. I can't. I can't like he yeah. doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't come up huge a lot of the time, and like our record really shows it. Like he didn't. He's his numbers are pretty comparable to last year. If we're look, talking about a jump, he really did not have it. I think his ceiling is probably. Paul George, does that does that seem fair, or do you think he could be even better? No, I think Paul George is a pretty good uh, comparison, especially because like they're he's a two way player like that. His defense can be shoddy, and sometimes he looks like he he just like misses a defensive assignment. But when he locks down into it, he can really 
really impact the game on that end. So he can really be one of the best two-way players in the league. And, you know, when he's in the zone, he will just shoot over people the same way in, like, that Paul George manner. But, like I said, he's got to get there, and he's got to get, like, that kind of killer mentality. And it would be great, referees, if Jason Tatum could get some foul calls every (laughs) once in a while. Oh, boo-hoo, man. Jesus. We get no calls. <laughs> Alvin Gentry in here. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. I so, I so wish the Wizards were relevant so I could complain about, like, pertinent things. But they're just so not relevant at all. It's not even worth, like, <laughs> nothing to even complain about, honestly. Just, just, just <laughs> eyes towards next Hey, you, you guys still might make the playoffs. Here's what I was actually thinking. So I was messing around with the lottery simulator earlier this week. And you, you tell me what this means, Kyle. So we currently have the ninth best odds for the lottery, but they kind of flattened everything out this year. So we, I think in that spot, you still have about a, it's like a 14% chance to get the number one pick. So I, I go ahead and I do a little random randomizer thing to see what would happen if the lottery, lottery theoretically happened. And lo and behold, the Wizards end up with the first pick. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a nice coincidence. I do it again. The Wizards, once again, get the first pick. All right, starting to get a little fishy. The odds don't quite add up. I do it a third time. And the Wizards, they don't get they don't get the number one pick. It was like third or something. But it was pretty cool they got it twice in a row. So, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to get my hopes up for that. <laughs> yeah, um, the league wouldn't let that happen. Or they might. I don't know. Whatever, whatever Adam Silvers feels like rigging it towards at this point. I, I, yeah, is... I already told Kyle my fan fiction, but I think I'm going to save it for another episode. But it involves Zion Williamson getting drafted this year by the Wizards, uh, LeBron retiring to become president, and John Wall and Bradley Beal reuniting with Zion to run the league. But that's for, that's for another episode. Uh, watch out for that. It might be a separate podcast altogether. How annoying. <laughs> How that work, too. <laughs> 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 put a lot of I need a creative outlet these that, days, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that about um, does it, right? right? I guess that's all we got. Yeah. All right. See y'all in a couple weeks, maybe like ten days, something like that. I know. Then I'll just do a solo pod. Talk to the people. <laughs> I'll tune in. I'll tune in for Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. I feel like we went a little bit longer than we would have uh, anticipated, but you know, it's all fun out here. So it's time flies when you're having fun, you know? Yes, sir. Talk to you soon, bro. Yep. Peace. Later.